Hi, my name is Jason Joe, a medical student from the University of Toronto. And I'm Dr. David Chu, a family doctor in Toronto, Ontario. And you're listening to What's Up Docs, a podcast where we share stories about our lives in medicine. Welcome aboard. All right, Jason, we're back. How are you doing? I'm doing great. We're going to be starting up clerkship in around a week and pretty excited for that. Awesome. What have you been up to since we last chatted? Yeah, I was back in Vancouver. Glad to hear you're back and glad to hear that you're about to hit the ground running finally after all these months on the sidelines. Exactly. Yeah, it's pretty weird. Like we're, we're like I've been to some meetings where they're talking about like what to do when students come through your class. Hard to say what the learning will be like. Even for us, I, I don't think we're quite sure. And so mm. I have like Emerge, like ENT, ophthalmology, uh, you know, internal and surgery left. Um, yeah, we, we haven't really got our schedules for, for those in terms of like how it's going to look like day to day. Well, all I know is I've referred some patients for ophthalmology consult and they've gotten seen instantly. They've had a telephone discussion with the ophthalmologist within a day or two because I think these guys have time to kill. <laughs> And I'm, I'm getting these letters back with like, this is a diagnosis based on a telephone call, which is amazing. All right. So what we wanted to talk about today was something we touched on on the last episode, mm -hmm. which is when Jason gave the big reveal that, or he thinks he wants to do family medicine exactly. for his residency or for his career, mm -hmm. right? Which is crazy to think about. And we're really going to push him on whether this is the right choice or not <laughs> and uh, test that today. So, I mean, we had actually talked about this issue like months before why don't you tell us what it was like to sort of make that decision the process yeah for me it always kind of bounced back and forth between family medicine and internal medicine i think a really good distinguisher between the two was that internal medicine's a lot more focused on the medicine so family medicine's more focused on the like the people yeah i mean when i when i started clerkship like everything was kind of new and kind of interesting. Like being in the hospital was really fun. Like working with the team was really fun. Like it felt really cool to, to kind of be in that environment. Uh, mm -hmm. But also it was very draining for me. Um, I felt like I wasn't very productive. I felt like I wasn't really getting to do what I wanted to do. Um, I mean, granted, I haven't done internal medicine yet because it's my very last rotation. Um, but when mm -hmm. I was on my family medicine rotation, I, I, just, I just had so much peace. Like not, mm. not even like, oh, I was like super inspired or anything like that. But I was, I thought I was just genuinely content with like where I was and what I was doing. I didn't feel like I was doing too much. Didn't feel like I was doing too little. I felt like work was fun. It wasn't very stressful. I had enough time to take care of myself, to hang out with friends and to do what I wanted to do. And I just, it felt, it felt great. Like that thought kind of stuck with me because I realized like, you know, there's certain environments where I strive in and there's certain environments where I'm just like trying to survive. Now, I'm a little curious, like, I remember we talked about this eons ago, like how you could schedule your clerkship a certain way. If you were so interested in internal medicine, why is it all the way buried at the end? Yeah, so my clerkship rotation order is actually my third choice. So <laughs> Okay. But the luck of the draw, I would say. Right. And I'm glad it worked out this way. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, none of these things is final necessarily. Like when I went through residency, I remember meeting other peers who were started off in family and switched into internal and vice versa. So you said that's one of the reasons. So you felt at peace and the rotation itself at the time spent in family medicine helped give you that clarity. What, mm -hmm. were, what were some of the other reasons? There was a couple of different reasons that all came together. And one of them was the, like the actual experience of family medicine and clerkship. 
Uh, number two would be like just my attention span. It usually lasts for about 15 minutes, so it's kind of perfect. <laughs> you know, number three would be like language skills. Um, and then number mm. four, like interest outside of medicine. And uh, mm. personally, I feel like even growing up, like I've always been, or I, I guess I try to frame my world and learn just mm-hmm. just through like listening to stories and stuff, like whether that's on TV or different people. Um, like I just found like people's life is quite fascinating. And that was like a huge reason for me to come to medical school as well, because what better profession than it is to get paid to, to kind of like get to know people and to, you know, try to help them uh, somehow mm-hmm. along the way. Like you just meet people from all walks of life. I feel like on a day to day basis, sometimes I don't get exposed to like a lot of different people. Like I, I usually, you know, talk to people who are the same age, uh, you know, usually also in medical school. So in that mm-hmm. sense, like the social circle is quite defined. But when I was in the family medicine clinic, like there's just people from all walks of life. Um, like people who've witnessed World War II and, you know, there's other people who are like mm-hmm. more contemporary came to Canada, like uh, for different other kinds of like global conflicts or, and people in all different kinds of professions. Yeah, I think you definitely hit the nail on the head. Like the people part of family medicine is quite neat because you get to know these people over time, 10 years or 15 or 40 years, like some of the older doctors, then you really develop a real relationship with these people. You're not just the person who prescribes them something for a sore throat. You, They actually tell you their life story, right? When their grandchildren get married, they, they bring you a wedding gift or something. <laughs> like it's, it's like crazy. So in that sense, if you really appreciate that, I think you will enjoy it. Yeah, I just find that like, a lot more interesting than like the actual like nitty gritties of like the medicine. Sometimes when you're in residency, you'll meet like people in medicine who hate people, right? <laughs> like I've like, it's always been kind of astounding to me that this actually is a thing. Do you feel like you're hundred percent sure? Like this is it, we're done having this uncertainty about the future? I'm hesitant to say a hundred percent because I feel like <laughs> it, you, you can't get to a hundred percent. And right now I'm more along the lines of like, good enough is better than perfect it's good enough right <laughs> <laughs> i still think i'm like decently open-minded yeah i mean it's always like i think we talked about this before too but it was always weird to me when people could be really sure about anything mm-hmm. <laughs> and i think it's normal to have a certain degree of uncertainty about it you won't really know until you're in it for a long long time i think Part of the key, I think, is for people to stay flexible and stay adaptable. There's always flexibility and room within that to change and to grow and to evolve your career the way you want it to. Mm-hmm. I mean, it changed a lot for you, right? Because at first you were a little bit eh about family medicine and now you're like, damn, that's the that's the best decision <laughs> I've ever made. <laughs> I don't know if that's really the case, but yeah, I never really chose it. It seemed like an all right choice when it got made for me. And then actually working for years and years, there was always this undercurrent conversation like in my household, like, man, you'd come home from like a long day at the clinic and be like, this job sucks. Like you're always finding something new about the job that's driving you nuts. And it took about seven or eight years to get that out of my system. That's how long it took. Yikes. <laughs> well, especially now, right? With with COVID and coronavirus, the job's changing suddenly, mm-hmm. right? It's not the job that people train for. And some people may like that. Some people don't like, but you just have to be flexible. The situation dictates it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you some questions about your career choice just to make sure that this is the right thing. Sounds but good. Because, because I've been through this like for 15 years. I've heard everything about family medicine for good and bad. And number one is, and this is the thing that I 
was worried about going into family medicine the most is that it's going to be boring. And family medicine is like sore throats, right? Say, ah, and are you okay with that part of it? So I, more and more, I feel like the concept of boring is flawed. Hmm. Um, like I've been meditating a lot over the past couple months. That's given me a really peace of mind just by breathing. Um, when you're meditating, you're not bored. So how can anything be boring? I just don't think anything that is externally exciting will s remain exciting. Um, mm -hmm. And that boring feeling comes from within and doesn't matter what you chase. <laughs> what I'm hearing is it's kind of like when I take my kids for a bike ride, right? They've If they've never gone down like that slope, mm -hmm. they're like, we got to go down that slope. It's going to be exciting. You take them down and it's like fun for the first time. And then let's do it again. It's like, okay, that's not that fun anymore. Like they they learned it quickly, right? They need to move on to another slope. There are people like that, right? Who mm -hmm. their philosophies, they are keep trying to push higher and higher. Um, you're giving us a slightly different philosophy, but I see what your point is. Like just sitting there and breathing sometimes could seem so boring, right? But when you focus your attention on trying to notice what's going on in your body and what's going on in your thoughts and, you know, it's like the whole, like everything you need is there. <laughs> It's, um, I, I'm thinking somehow as you're saying this, I feel like I'm talking to my dad. Like he'll, he would say something like, what do you expect? Your job's not meant to be exciting, right? Just mm, deal with it. <laughs> I think it would be fine. Like I'm not worried about the boring part. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not actually that boring, right? To me, that boredom often gets offset by the fact that you're meeting, you're talking to people all day long. So every 20 minutes or 15 minutes, you, you kind of reset, say hi to somebody else. I mean, unless you hate talking to people, like that's that part is not boring. Exactly. Yeah, the nuts and bolts of the medicine can be. And it gets into my second point, which is like, sometimes you feel like you're not doing that much medicine. And the type of medicine you do in family medicine, a lot of it's like preventative care, giving people longitudinal advice for the future, which they may or may not take. And there's not as much like gratification in that sense. You know, part of the reason we're doing these podcasts is, is to document our thoughts and how mm -hmm. we feel during this defined period of time, right? Right. And and it changes and, over time. And absolutely, it, it changes. And I think it's very interesting to see how three and a half months of reflection has, has shifted some of the priorities. To answer the instant gratification part, I just don't think that I should rely on external source for my sense of uh, gratification. Sorry. Now, you were talking about being full of it and you're at <laughs> peace with the... <laughs> instant gratification part of it. <laughs> wow well it's nice i mean i think that's the higher level that we all should be striving to for humanity <laughs> right yeah right? like sometimes i talk to people and they'll be like you just got to let this go like right a lot of times it's wanting too much is the thing that really kills us and you lose sight of what you actually have now i'm just wondering like as a as a chinese canadian there's a certain degree of pushing ahead like academic success like culturally it's a letdown to go into family medicine i think that was something in my mind uh more prevalent before than it is now like i used to care about what everyone thinks and i mean i still do care about what a lot of people thinks but then i just feel like no one really cares <laughs> you know like before i used to think oh if i like got my hair cut a certain way like it's gonna be so awesome or it's gonna be so ugly and people are gonna make fun of me but like i get a haircut and no one even freaking notices right like, people don't thinking about it when you're not in front of their face exactly and even when you're in front of their face sometimes they got their own things going on right and so sure if someone be like oh yeah like how come you just chose family medicine like that's like it, it doesn't affect me i, I feel like mm -hmm. like it it gets inconsequential you know if in 10 years time 
I realized, hey, family medicine is great and I want to be a cardiologist and I'll just go back to residency and do it all over again. Like, <laughs> <laughs> why not, right? Um, like, what's a better backbone of any specialty than having a uh, family medicine as a practice? Do you feel like you have a little bit of that still? If someone comes up and be like, oh, your wife's a you know, gastroenterologist, but you're a family doctor, like... I don't know, like she, she, like she must run the house or, or, or something. Like, do you, well, do you get it's offended? Your, it's your wife. You accept the fact that uh, she runs the house. <laughs> but I don't really have that viewpoint. I mean, I, I guess part of it is the nice thing about being in family medicine in the community. You're not intermixing all the time with people who are in the medical academic world or the medical hierarchy all the time, mm. which would probably constantly reinforce your status, right? So you're on your own, you run your own ship, you got your, you got an office, you got people working under you, you got people working on your team. Everyone respects each other, so then it's different. You're not in the medical world bubble that you are when you're training. I felt like when, when you were in training, there was more of this type of feeling, mm. right? People trying to say that my job is better than this job. Sometimes even well-meaning like mentor people, like you would meet people and be like, they, I don't think you're cut out for family medicine. It's too boring for you. Like, yeah. And they meant well, right? They'd be like, you're, you're too smart to be doing that. I think sometimes you just need to be on your own, you know, in a way, like, mm. like how you've been, right? And figure <laughs> out what makes you at peace. Exactly. I mean, just to rapid fire, some of the other reasons that attracted me to family medicine. I think being Chinese Canadian, and the ability to hopefully build a practice in which I can use part of my Mandarin to serve a population that is um, at times hard to find or, you know, language appropriate care. And if I was in, you know, certain specialties, like it, it wouldn't matter if I have the skill set. And I think I'd like to use that and mm -hmm. uh, build that as well. Right. Um, some other things that really like interested me was just the way that it's structured I, I, like i think my attention span is about 15 minutes and so it's just like perfect <laughs> um well, yeah i mean you know also during this during this like pandemic i've been really fortunate to just develop some some interest how to do more stuff around the house so <laughs> how to like organize certain things like maybe you know how to like learn how to drill or like learn how to you know assemble certain stuff and it's just it's kind of fun like uh did i did i tell you i uh, changed the toilet seat on on my toilet <laughs> no you did not but now you've told all everybody <laughs> i think it's time for you to get back to clerkship to, yeah. to be honest i think you need to get back to work <laughs> i guess the, the the last thing i i really love about family medicine is like how you spend your time you know just just being in a specialty where where it's okay to to not work like you know, 60 hours a week just to just to keep up and having the time to be to spend to, with family or friends or I mean, I guess you're talking about the work life balance concept, right? Yeah, I like I want to just incorporate work and life together into my life. Like I, I like I don't want to be like, oh, yeah, I have to sacrifice one for the other. And I feel like hopefully mm -hmm. in, in a career that's a bit more flexible, I can I can be a good doctor at the same time. I can still pursue other interests. Some careers are very rigid and they just mm -hmm. don't allow people to be flexible with like medicine's notorious in, in certain specialties that like the weekly demands and how many hours you need to be in the hospital are super high you know you have to be on call like you always hear these stories of you know people who missed their child's growing up because they were on call this stuff does add up right and a lot of times when we're young we don't think that far into the future right we think okay we'll cross that bridge when it comes to it my kids aren't even in existence yet right <laughs> 
But you know what? These choices you make do ripple into the future, and it's hard. Like eventually, you try to work your way around them. And for a lot of people, medicine is is very challenging、mm-hmm. and difficult to get through as a as a career. There's a high burnout rate. There's a lot of people who hate their jobs, even though they're making a ton of money. So I think it's very important to think about these things, and it's good for you to have thought about a lot of them going forward and be prepared to adapt. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so to close out, I thought we should touch on what you had as the other thing you want to talk about, which is where does family medicine go from here? Yeah.、Right? Which I think is a good way to go out because you're thinking about entering this career, but who knows what this thing's going to look like a few years from now? And th- there's no way I would have said that. Like six months ago,、mm-hmm. but when the virus hit and just suddenly upended how everyone works, it's a reminder of like how quickly things can change. Absolutely. What is something that you're most looking forward to about this new change in family medicine? Well, I think the main thing is that you have to. I'm looking forward to having to adapt, right? Okay. I think in the long run, your ability to adapt is what's going to set you apart from everybody else. Right,、mm-hmm. so if you're really set in your ways, right there, and a lot of doctors are. They're like, if I can't see my patient face to face, then I don't want to talk to them on the phone, or I don't want to bother learning a new computer system and talk to them. I'll just wait for the virus to end. I'll open my office again later.、Mm-hmm. But you know what? There might not be a later. We might be doing this for a while. The more quickly you can adapt to new situations, and the more quickly you can start to find advantages to them, right? Start to find ways to take advantage of the situation as it's happening. Then that will help you. That's the challenge that's coming in family medicine, and that's the challenge that's coming for you guys too. Because how you worked a few months ago is not going to be how you're going to be trained the rest of your training. And probably two years from now, five years from now, you're going to be working in a completely different way. Right, so we're just going to have to accept that we're going to be constantly changing and learning, which is actually nothing wrong with that. The situation is forcing us to grow as a、mm-hmm. as a community. I mean, some of the things that I've been dreaming about is having a more streamlined system. You know, more and more, I do feel like in the future, if people learn how to like do online meetings and people are a little bit more tech savvy with different generations. Do you feel like some of that booking, calling, and reminders, and like a simple、mm-hmm. follow-up that could be done over the phone or something like that? Do you envision a lot of that going on in the future? Do you think that would make the job of the family doctor a little bit easier? I think it could. That's part of the great part of it, but the part of the challenge of it is that every time these things push forward, they're not accessible to the same degree to everybody, right?、Mm. So as we emphasize technology more. The segment of the population that doesn't have access to it, like the elderly or the people who are a little bit slower at picking up technology, or people with a language barrier, they sort of get left behind again, right? Like、mm-hmm. now we're implementing like even basic stuff, right? Like in our office, it's like okay, you have an option to do a virtual visit. Well, the virtual、mm-hmm. visit is great if you can read the email that gets sent to you and are able to open the link. And the software we use isn't as straightforward as Zoom, right? So it, it's a huge headache to try to get some of these patients online. A lot of times, it's something as simple as well. The email comes in English. There's no Chinese version of it, right? Because the system's automated. So if you can't read English, you're out of luck again, right? So right. these little things are challenges. They can be worked around, but it's not as straightforward as it seems. And I think that's where we need to spend some time on、right. on, on making things more efficient. And I still I love talking to people. I love talking to people face to face in person as much as I love us doing this podcast online and through this internet medium. Like for me as a GP, face to face still trumps everything, right? You just learn so much about people when you actually see their body language, you make eye contact for real.、Mm. That that I don't feel you can replace. 
right? So I think there will always be a role for this face-to-face stuff, but it maybe doesn't have to happen as often. Do you find that it's sometimes more draining when you do video calls? It's it's absolutely more draining. I mean, I'll tell you, like before, I mean, you've been in my office. I could see mm. 35, almost 40 people a day come out sort of okay, right? Right. Now I'm doing like phone calls. You get through about 25 calls or 26 calls over the course of a day. And at the end, you're wiped out, right? And mm. it's like, why am I wiped out? I didn't even physically move. I'm just sitting there talking, mm. talking, talking, talking. It is exhausting. I spend an inordinate amount of time like trying to figure out what the patient's actually describing. If I visually saw it, I would have moved past that step of the conversation in two seconds, right? All I need is them to point at it or show right. me a movement. But now it's like verbal, right? Because if we mm. can't do it over like a, with, with a video chat. So it's yeah. much more tiring. It has to activate a little bit more of the brain power. Probably I've been, I've also trained myself over 15 years or whatever to do things a certain way. And now we're just going to do it a different way. And that learning curve is probably happening and taking a while too. That's all part of what I'm saying, right? Like I think things are really going to change in the longer Mm. run. And it's fine because family medicine actually is one of these things that almost medicine in general, very resistant to change, right? We're still faxing things back and forth between offices. Like my IT friends are like, why do you guys do that? Like, why do you have a fax number, right? Mm -hmm. We're like, that's how the healthcare system in Canada communicates amongst itself. It's archaic. That's how it's always been done. And that's how it is going to be done until someone shuts it down. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you get that feeling in this career. I mean, it'd be good to see what kind of change like comes about in the next couple of years. It's crazy how even the virus just forced people to adapt. Like within Mm. two or three weeks, I'm getting letters in my mailbox saying, you know, a new virtual walk-in clinic has opened, right? Patients, because as soon as the government announced that we can bill codes virtually, people decide to open up virtual clinics, right? To supplement their income right away. Like the situation forces people to adapt and that's that's how life should be. Yeah, quite amazing. So here we are, right, at the tail end of my three and a half month hiatus from clinical duty and starting up a clerkship again. Yes. Uh, pretty pretty excited, also pretty nervous. And about to embrace your fourth year of medical school, the last year. We're getting now down to the end. Exactly. That's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, it's crazy because yeah. I met you while you were still in second year. I mean, it's been like a, beginning of second year. Yeah. So it's been yeah. a while. Yeah. I can't believe how fast this has gone. Absolutely, absolutely. I think this is a good time to, to talk a little bit about our podcast, right? Because okay. we started this thing actually about exactly a year ago, right? It was last summer. We made these plans that, you know, we're going to meet up and we're record 10 episodes in July or August or something absurd like that. And I think we ended up getting one or two done. And at the end of that period, I was like, you know what? I'm, I, I'm tired. Like, like the rate of like the amount of recording we're doing and how much actual output we're making is so low. Like I was like, you know what? This is a fun project. I'm ready to, you know, if you don't want to keep working on it, we don't have to keep working on it. And it actually was you who was like, no, no, let's keep, let's keep meeting and let's keep, keep it going. And it, it's actually been really great. Like we've had some good stories over the last 11 or 12 months. And I think it's a good place to sort of say, been a good season one of what's up docs and yeah let's head into season two and who knows what what's going to happen in the world in season two sounds good i'm in, i'm excited for season two we'll see everyone in about a month's time with season two of what's up docs awesome <laughs>